The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome, everybody, to another Friday and another edition of the Work-Life Balance. So excited to have you listening. So excited that you're here. We'd like to welcome everybody to our show. My head is swimming right now. I just came back from a fantastic session uh, learning from somebody I, I consider a mentor and leader, I got a chance to meet them. I was with uh, John Maxwell with a certification training, just became a certified trainer, speaker, and coach through them, Uh, but probably one of the most fantastic events I think I've ever uh, been a part of, Uh, a certainly eye-opening experience. I've come away enlightened and and certainly a new person, Uh, just, again, swimming through that and and look forward to next week when when I'm going to share all of the lessons uh, that I learned and and really just uh, it's going to take me an entire week to process everything that happened and and we're going to talk about that. Today we're so excited to have a great friend of mine on the show. Uh, I've worked with this person uh, personally, uh, really got to see the power of what he brings uh, to the table in person. Uh, he's really highly motivated, uh, consultative sales executive. He's he's a marketing professional. I've witnessed him in action and, and really um, be able to motivate all the people that are around him. Uh, you know, he, he sells technology solutions, but he's really just great at, at connecting with people. He's a proven sales make, uh, maker, marketer, and team builder. Uh, certainly has delivered over quota results consistently using a methodology that helps customers optimize their IT environments with solutions uh, that maximize their budgets and streamlines their processes. And we're going to talk about this today, but he's got a unique approach that, that is modeled after the Challenger Sale Book, which is Teach, Tailor, and Take Control. Uh, he really focuses on improving executive visibility, increasing their ability to execute on their strategies. And, and again, what was interesting is is I obviously own my own business and, and sell and, and look to partner with a very large organization. And when this gentleman came aboard, he and I clicked immediately and all of a sudden developed a process that was just smoking. I mean, the, when the two of us got together, uh, there were certainly uh, sticks that were being rubbed together that just would, would turn into an absolute uh, emblazoned fire. So I want to bring him onto the show. I want to welcome my great friend, uh, Jeff Allsberg, to the table. Jeff, how you doing, buddy? Rick, thank you so much. It's absolutely an honor and a pleasure to join you today, and I, I hope I can live up to that incredible introduction. Well, I know you can. I know you can, because, again, I've seen you in action. But why don't you take a, uh, you know, the, the stuff that I've got is even a little bit outdated now, because when we worked together, we were we were crushing CAPPM markets, but uh, you've moved on, and, and why don't you tell the people a little bit about what you're doing now? Sure. Uh, so I work with CA Technologies, and I uh, back in July, uh, so just a few months ago, we acquired uh, the leader in agile management, Rally Software, so is now CA Agile Central. 
and uh, I was asked to come on board over there and head up uh, region for them. And so I'm focused on agility now and helping customers uh, basically be able to deliver on time better, to be able to deliver the right set of features in their products and, uh, and uh, basically do all of that in a manner that helps prepare them for disruption, which is something that all of our customers, and it's amazing. I, I saw an article the other day on how Caterpillar is getting into the smartphone business, and you're really not sure where disruption is coming from these days. But ultimately, uh, having an organization that is more agile is more important than ever, and it's not just a buzzword anymore. It's something that you, you need to practice and have a technology uh, supporting it, and that's what I do yeah. now. And for sure, we had a few weeks ago had uh, Paul Pedrazzi on the show, and, and we were talking about if you're not in the software business right now, I mean, you're a dying breed, and you know Nike has more developers than Microsoft right now, and, and if you're not actively seeking ways to improve your your business and processes through the utilization of software, then there's a likelihood that you could get out of business. That was a comment. Absolutely agree. <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> no so I absolutely agree. I mean, it's it's astounding. I mean, you know, I've been doing this. I've been in the technology business since 1989, and I started off selling boxes, selling uh, Macintosh and clone computers down in Houston, Texas. And it's just amazing when you watch the little baby steps that that I've been able to take in technology since then, and you kind of look behind you and you see miles and miles worth of the mistakes and and right things that companies have done. And right now there's just so little room for error. And, you know, as we say at at CA, you know, it's an application economy. I mean, look at your phone, uh, you know, and how you run your daily life on a personal basis, let alone as a business. If you're not performing and providing value at, at at a very, you know, sentient level right at the at the customer level you know chances are you know and and this is and we're working right now with companies that have been around you know 100 plus years right that are that are needing to change the way that they go about doing business just to stay in business so yeah that disruption and the ability to be agile is it, it couldn't be any more important than right now and so that's interesting you said you know you started with Macintosh and and certainly i i have a feeling and and i know this too i mean you've sold Freaking everything! You've sold it all. I mean, probably from from lollipops when you were five years old to to everything in between. So, talk a little bit about that process. But you've had to adapt to change, and, and certainly, you know, if if anybody out there that's listening is in the software industry, I mean, one of the greatest shifts and changes that's going on right now is from waterfall to to agile, and a lot of companies are struggling uh, to shift that focus. So, and, and so you inevitably inevitably just made that same change, right? You just went from having to teach and, and educate executives on uh, the whole resource management piece and, and financial side and, and the whole waterfall and, and portfolio management now to this very quick and agile piece. So talk about that transition a little bit. Yeah, I think, there, like, like you say, there's things that have changed and there's things that have stayed the same. The one, the one thing that I've always known, and, and you talk about selling everything, I was, uh, the other day I was going through... Uh, one of my box of relics, you know, like had some old letters. People don't write letters anymore. And I pulled out this old uh, laminated uh, three-ring binder that had baseball cards in, in, in laminated that I was selling for five and seven cents. And, you know, now we're selling software for, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. But at, at the end of the day, the one, you know, something that's never changed is, 
you're either one of those people that get it or not. And that that's the, you talk about the change of moving from waterfall over to agile, it was a cold shower. Um, I mean, in the sense, it's just, it, they're completely different things, although they, they intersperse and they work together. And you, you have to pick your spots uh, in terms of how you present and the questions that you ask, because everything that you say or do is the, the person sitting across from the table from you is looking at that saying, this guy either gets it or he doesn't, right? And so from that standpoint, it, it, they're just, and, and you mentioned the challenger sale piece, right? You know, teach, tailor, take control. And that to me is all the best salespeople I've ever worked with have always, whether they knew it or not, have always sort of espoused that, right? It's like you have to know your business cold. You have to know your competition cold. You have to know your product cold. Uh, because otherwise, you know, you could say something, and just by the way you ask your question, the customer knows, you know what, I'm risking my badge on this. I'm risking my employment at this company by making a decision on what I buy and who I bring in and who's representing my ideas. But, you know, so from that standpoint, you know, that I've, I've always found that uh, doing a lot of research, underst- and, and, and it's part of the Agile methodology, amazingly enough, is getting a ton of customer feedback right? Because you can read as many articles as you want, etc. But where the rubber hits the road is actually where business is being done. So that the, the customers themselves are going to help elucidate and show you that where the pain is and what they actually need solved. And that, again, that's one of those things that just, you know, that hasn't changed, right? You know, we're out there looking for pain and we're providing solutions. And I've always been a good, better, best kind of salesperson that has a, a perspective of, uh, when I'm talking to a customer, and I think it's why they relate a lot of times to me, is if it was my money, right, if I was spending my own money, this is what I would do. If I had the right amount of money to get the very best solution, this is what that solution looks like. If I don't have that right amount of money, and but I still need something, you can get away with this. This is a good solution. And you know what? If I just, I, I got to get, I got to put a stake in the ground or I'm going to lose all my money, uh, here's something you you can just barely get away with that'll that'll keep the door open for next year when you get budget, and so all, all that put together for me and you you go back to when you and I first started working. I actually had hired on for a different role uh, at the company. I saw it as a huge. I was a vice president of sales and marketing at a uh, a national, a small national professional services company. Uh, and I'd been working with Dell, and this was a company that, that had been doing contracting with Dell. And I saw this opportunity, and I'd always kind of wanted to get in and sell software uh, because, it, to me, is where you're truly rolling your sleeves up and, and creating a, a full solution for a customer. And when I came, I saw this, the opportunity at CA, it was to sell everything that they sold. So whether it was in PPM or it was in security or and CA is, is, you know, very similar profile to like an Oracle where they've acquired companies over the years. And effectively, I, I looked at it and said, hey, if I can't sell security, I can pivot over and sell this other solution, right? If the customer doesn't need this, I can then turn and sell them something else. And then CA went through a, an org change like they often do when the, the new year starts. And they said, you know what? Nobody in the world, and then, uh, this is Jeff Allsberg speaking, Nobody in the world is an expert at security and PPM and all the other, you know, DevOps and the other things that we sell. So what we're going to do is now we're going to we're going to specialize, and you're now going to just have one of those products to sell. 
And so I was in the same exact boat that I was in when I moved from PPM, which is Waterfall, over to selling Agile in the sense that I didn't, I, I, I'd sold PPM, but I certainly wasn't an expert in it. But when you're talking to folks in that field, you have to, you have to be, you have to be an expert, right? It's not a, it's not a trivial purchase. I mean, you're talking at, it's a top down sale in a lot of ways where you're talking to the, the C level suite on, on, uh, how they can optimize their business. And from that standpoint, uh, I think the way that you and I went about it, the reason we were successful is that we understood the pain, we understood how to ask for the pain, and you were, you were significant to me to help get me there. But then we built a process, a sales process around it that was, that was repeatable. And it was something where the folks on my team, after a while, they, they got sick of hearing me asking the same questions and staging the same exact next meeting and, and delivering the same exact deliverables. But everybody knew where we were in the sales process. If there was something missing in there, then we all knew it because we were so used to rinsing and repeating, rinsing and repeating. But I feel like, and that's probably one of the reasons we had a lot of success and maybe others didn't, was because we, we found a process. We were able to vet out very early on in the first call, typically. I'm not a first call sales closer, but I am a first call uh, qualifier to where we can go in and look at, at a customer and say, listen, we, this is a real deal. These, they really have some pain to solve. They have some budget, and they're ready to talk turkey. And we were able to go from zero to let's go ahead and, and get a sales process engaged. And all of that is kind of contingent on your understanding what that pain is and what you bring to, uh, to the table to solve it. And then truly what the differentiating marks are between what you're, you know, what you're selling and what your competition's selling. So that's, that's kind of the perspective that I've brought to the table. For sure. And, and we're actually going to talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about uh, some of that process. We'll talk about uh, some of the cool things that we were able to do and, and a lot of your process. Uh, we're actually up against a break, so we're going to hear uh, from Jeff's employer, uh, who's going to help us pay some of our bills. And uh, we'll be right back on the other side of this break. Uh, you're listening to The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. 
It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end -end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back. Thank you so much for listening in. We're with Jeff Allsberg. We're discussing sales, sales processes, sales techniques. And, uh, you know, it was funny. I always felt like I, I was meant to do sales. And, and you want to talk about child labor. My first sales position was door-to-door -door sales, but I think I was seven. Uh, we get this magazine that would come in the mail, and it, it had these prizes. And the prizes were, were you, know, you could get a microscope or a telescope or something like that. And I would circle the prize that I wanted and I would have to sell, you know, 75 items to get this microscope. And the items were greeting cards and wrapping paper and stuff. So I'd go door to door in my neighborhood until I sold all 75 items and I'd get this microscope, which broke in about four days. But, uh, you know, it's that driven sales process. Uh, you know, we learn early on that, you know, you have a goal and you have a quota and that's what you're going to get and that's how you're going to be rewarded. And I don't know if that company's still around, but I, I, I'm sure it's child labor these days. And I, I certainly don't have any kids knocking on my door. But, uh, you know, I always found that funny. I, I was doing that at seven. Uh, I was driven to have a goal, go achieve it, go after it. Uh, and it's largely the same process today for us, Jeff, except that now it's, you know, they say, hey, we'll give you a bonus if, uh, <laughs> if you achieve this That's number. That's true. <laughs> so, listen, um, give me an example of uh, unforgettable. Unforgettable sales call for you. You know what? What's one of the cooler sales calls that that you ever accomplished, and what was that like? I don't know if it was it, it got cool. I don't know if it was one of the cooler sales calls, but the one that it, as soon as you said that, the one that comes to mind for me, I was I was in my early twenties. I had just broken into technology. I was calling on a, a large chemical company down in Texas with our very largest customer, and I had just taken over the account. And we were sitting with each other and uh, across the table, and as we were talking, I saw a thread coming out of my pants. And I, I, we were chatting, and I started pulling on the thread to try and pull it out of my pants. And it must have been like the jugular thread of my pants, because before you knew it, I, I, I had a gaucho, and my complete leg was hanging out on the other side. Of course, he couldn't see this on the other side of the desk. And so I was just... 
I, I literally, I, we had a long walk, and, and he's one of the, and this is in the late 80s, and, the, you know, very, very much, you know, you had to walk through an es- with an escort through there, and I, I will just never, ever forget when we both stood up from the table, and I did everything <laughs> I could to turn away, and, and as we, I still to this day have no idea if he knew I had a leg gaucho going at the time, but as we were walking out through the hallway, I saw many people behind the desk look up and see, you know, my my thigh and my leg all hanging out of one side of my pants in the full suit, you know. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's I, I can tell you, too, it, over the years, because um, it's an interesting job being in sales. You know, I was ta- talking to my wife the other day. It's like we're so fortunate. You know, we, we work out of our houses a lot of time. We travel. We do things that other people don't, you know, that may go to a cubicle, for instance, every day or hop in traffic in the morning every day and that kind of thing. We get to do a lot of different things and, and, and that are exciting and different. And, and I actually had started a little, little, uh, website at one point, uh, called Landshark where I'd asked, you know, all the salespeople that I work with the same question. Like, what's your wildest story? What, what happened? And you just, the things that happened to us on the road. And, and the things that happen to us in the office, it's just absolutely some of the most hilarious things you could ever imagine. Oh, I, yeah. There's stories I, I don't think I could even tell on the radio. But there's, yeah, there's there's been moments just not, you know, in sales and consulting. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's there's two or three that are flashing in my head that I, I think you and I can catch up with maybe over a beer. But certainly something that's not even... <laughs> ready for for the radio but some fantastic stories over the time I, i'll tell one real quickly um uh, about greg who i had on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago uh but greg huffman is one of my favorites just about you know the patience of a sales guy but we we were in in vegas at ca world and we were waiting for a prospect and, and we were supposed to meet him at midnight for drinks at you know because he was out with ca executives and that kind of stuff and so now it's it's getting on to like 1 2 o'clock in the morning we're still waiting on him and you know i'm still coming i'm still coming and we're being patient the guy finally shows up and, and we're having a drink and we're just into the small talk and and greg says hey man i gotta go and, I, and i'm just thinking all right you know he's tired whatever and so uh i, I go up to the room uh, and Greg and I were, were sharing a room. I get up there, and Greg's playing Brick Breaker on his phone. And I'm like, dude, I thought I thought you were tired, man. I thought that I thought it was over. And he's like, no, nah, man. He says oh, that's fine. He goes, you didn't hear him. I said, no. He said, man, he didn't say he had budget until third quarter of next year. I'm not wasting my time on that. And I was like, what? <laughs> hey, man, thanks for ditching me. Yeah, all, all kinds of weird stories. But yeah, but you're right. And, and, and that was more of the embarrassing side. I was hoping for that that cool killer instinct. So what about um, what? what's one of the more riskier things that maybe you've done in, in sales that's worked? Uh, I'll tell you um – it's kind of one of those things. Like I, you know, there's this new show about uh, covering the OJ trial right now. And uh, when you talk about risk, I think about you know trying a glove on that you don't know that fits. I've always used that in sales. It's like yeah. By the by the way, Johnny Cochran's uh, buddy on that, uh, his assistant on that, is Dale Godboldo. He's a, a friend of ours from the, the new Mickey Mouse Club. Oh no, go kidding. ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. He, yeah, so I mean that, that particular example I've always used in sales in terms of avoiding risk. Right, and making sure that you always know the answer before you ask a question, that kind of thing. But if you hit the rewind button all the way back to when, and you said, I've sold everything. I was in Houston, Texas. I'm a Yankee. I'm from Massachusetts. Um, I, I was 
selling cars and waterbeds and all this. And I, I was able to break in as an assistant uh, selling technology at a, at a reseller. And uh, I was an assistant for a gentleman that, that handled, was an account executive like I am now, and he was doing that huge number of $100,000 in sales a month. So they got him an assistant. Right now I think we have to do that every couple of weeks. But uh, uh, he, we, we would go down to this account uh, every, you know, it was a 100-square-mile facility, and, and just knowing how to get to these different locations on site was a big deal. And so one day he said to me, we were in the parking lot, and he said, you know, I'm leaving. I'm going to EDS, and uh, I'm, gonna, I'm leaving this company. And so I, I had no technology experience. I was just basically driving the van and helping him deliver Macintoshes. And, uh, and I just literally right then and there said, this is my chance. And so I drove an hour. I hopped in the car and drove an hour uh, down to the customer site, and I went to every single one of those customers, and I told them, I'm your new account executive. And, uh, <laughs> Self-promotion? <laughs> yeah, I gave myself that promotion. And that, I mean, when I think of risk, that's the one that comes out to mind. And by the time I drove back, when I got there, the owner and his wife and my manager were waiting in the parking lot for me because they, oh. the customers called up and said, I can't believe you let this young kid come in and become our new account executive. And I remember my boss, I'll never forget it, looking at the owner who was fuming and there was steam coming out of his ears and saying to him, well, what are we going to do? You know, he told him there's an account executive. It would look kind of silly of us not to, you know, let him do it. And I've been doing that job pretty much ever since. So that's, <laughs> you know, my biggest risk turned into a career. So, you know, I think it's it's worth saying, you know, in a sales process, they they definitely have to believe in you, um, you know. One of one of the greater things that, that people and I think salespeople need to understand is that you you got to believe in the value of you first. I, I I truly believe that. If I value myself and and I know the value of what I I'm selling and, and a lot of what I'm selling is me is who I am. Um, Absolutely. But they have to buy you, and and I I think that confidence level that you showed by by taking that risk, you know, uh, uh, however risky that is. And I think what's funny is, you know, nine out of 10 people that try that move, Jeff would probably get fired. But knowing you and knowing the confidence that you project and and there's, there's different levels in confidence. There's, there's confidence in being cocky. There's confidence in being good. And, and there's a fine line there, but you've always had that confidence projection of being good and being pure. And and I, I know you on a personal level, and we're actually going to discuss this in a little bit later in the show, but you value people, and you value who they are, and they and you value what they do, and, and you exude that when when you you know meet people for the first time. I mean, you and I got along day one when we met. That's true. Um, that's true. And uh, I, I think that's an important thing, and I think people know that you're going to value them from day one so you get away with some of those moves. But that's actually a very cool story. I appreciate you sharing that with us and the listeners. Listen, Absolutely. Um, we're going to take another quick break. Uh, you guys come back and listen to some more stories from Jeff Allsberg. Uh, I guarantee you they'll be entertaining. Uh, so make sure that you listen in and join us on the other side of this break. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers. 
all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development, to management to security, end-to-end -end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end -end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back. I always love hearing that music, especially on a Friday. In fact, we had two of the guys that helped make that song uh, on the show last week. So if you guys missed that, please go into the archives. Uh, you can find it on the webpage there at uh, voiceamerica.com. We had uh, Chase and Hampton and Damon Pampolina on the show last week. It was a fantastic show. We had a lot of fun. Coming back, uh, I was just talking in the break there uh, with Jeff, and I, I asked him if I could hit him cold with the situation. So I was in training this past week, and we, we had a portion of that on sales training. We had to do this exercise. And um, it, I understand the point of the exercise, and, and I want to be fair to the exercise of the person who did it, but it brought up some questions and, and feelings, and you know, I just want to hit Jeff Cole with that. So to, to frame the exercise, Jeff, uh, two people, uh, we were paired up in pairs, and each one of us was given a sheet of paper with an objective, or actually just a situation. So situation one, person with the yellow sheet, they're, they're a general manager of a retail store, they're about to get fired, um, or potentially to, about to get fired. Um, they had done a huge promotion. They needed a ton of produce, um, and the person who was delivering the produce, they were in an accident, and they weren't going to be able to deliver it. They were planning on spending $30,000 to purchase the produce. Situation number two, the, person, the other person 
um, they were delivering uh, produce, and their refrigeration truck was breaking down. They paid $10,000 for the produce, planning to sell it to another retail chain for $30,000, happened to pull into this parking lot, um, and everything's going to spoil, and and you just happen to bump into this person, so go. That was that was the deal. Now the point of the exercise was to ask questions, to find out that the person was about to get fired, or the other person's refrigeration broke down, or whatever. But um, you know, a lot of people had sales experience in the room. Some people didn't. You know, this was a, a training. So I was actually paired up with a pastor. This pastor had zero sales experience, and so I started asking questions. I obviously didn't know his situation, and he was the the general manager. And so he, he said, you know, he needed produce, and, and so I was asking qualifying questions, and I got to the point where he said, yeah, I need some, but the person who was delivering it, they're, they're, they were in an accident, they can't deliver it. I said, great, well, what do you normally pay for the produce? He said, $30,000. I said, perfect. That's exactly what I was about to sell mine for, so we agreed to 30000 And about 90% of the room all agreed to 30000 They all came to that same conclusion. But some people in the room um, had sold it for $60,000, and some had paid $1,500 for it, and they were kind of applauded in the room for those tactics. So I just want to get your feelings on that cold, uh, based on what I just told uh, you. Yeah, I mean, my knee-jerk reaction is to do the right thing. I mean, I mean if I, I, I'm all about make you know, being... Uh, opportunistic to a certain extent. Um, whether I knew the person's situation or not, I'm not going to gouge. I, I just, I, I've never, ever, I, for me, nothing is a one-time opportunity. So in the sense that, if firstly, people, this guy is going to get fired, right? He's going to go become a buyer somewhere else, perhaps. Um, you know, so my, my sense is you do the right thing by people, and they, you know, a lot of our business, and you know this as well as anybody, is reference-based, right? And so if you take care of people in general, it, it, it comes back. And so my, my, my general sense, just knee-jerk reaction, and, and that definitely is cold because I, 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 your gears are turning when you hear that, you know, because obviously there's an opportunity to you have somebody that's very much so in need and you have what they need. Um, but my, my sense is that, you know, you do the right thing, you sell it for what it's worth, and, and uh, you, you make your money and, and you move on. And you, you have somebody that's happy, and maybe you save you save this guy's job by doing that. Right, right. It was interesting because again, he was a pastor. He's great, right? He was at my table for three days, and, and we got to know each other very well. Um, and, and so he started to reflect, and so we, we shared each other's stories after we had made the sale. And he goes, "Well, he goes, I'm kind of conflicted that I found out that your refrigeration truck was broken down and was going to spoil." I said, "Why?" He said, well, maybe, I mean, I feel like maybe you're kind of taking advantage of the situation. I said, but what were you willing to pay for the produce? He said, 30000 I said, what'd you buy it for? He said, 30000 I said, so do you feel conflicted? He's like, no. I said, right. I said, I didn't take advantage of the situation. I said, and I was going to sell it for 30000 So that was, So everybody's win-win. I said, so even if you did find out that after the fact, do you still feel comfortable doing business with me? And he was like, yeah. I was like, there we go. <laughs> so here we are. But but you know the the people that found out afterwards that's paid you know sixty thousand or fifteen hundred, you know uh, that was weird. Um, let me you know let, let's get a little personal um, because I, I love to do that and I love to make people comfortable and uncomfortable and I don't think I can make you uncomfortable but you know I can certainly try. <laughs> <Probably> um, <doubtful. laughs> 
I certainly, I can certainly try. Um, okay. I can make you do your downward facing gerbil, and that'll be a, a whole other story. <laughs> uh, we'll just let that hang and let people wonder what the heck that is. Um, I know you've been together with your wife for uh, a, a really long time, and, and you know, mm-hmm. one of one of my favorite quotes that I say in my speeches is, you know, I'll find my my wife and I in a tangle sometimes, as as married couples do, um, and uh, I'll start to 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 win the argument. And, and the only way that, that that's prevented from me winning is she'll go, don't you project manage me. Um, so <laughs> I know you've been together for a long time. Um, have you seen your sales lifestyle kind of impact her? Oh, tremendously. Yeah, the, the story around our house is when I met you, I had a heart of gold. And now I could be, you know, in the Middle East in a rug bazaar, you know, trading carpets. I mean, when she now... Literally, uh, when she met me, maybe it's a New England thing. I'm not sure, but I, I guess you know I, I'm always I've always have a position, and I'm always ready to support it in ten different ways. And uh, and she literally now I remember my, one of my friends had a baby, and, and whenever she gives gifts for the babies, she gives new new couples Jerry Spence's How to Argue book with them because now and now and and it's amazing because literally she's now in sales she does recruiting she does all this stuff and when i first met her you would have never imagined that but it it's just it's one of those things where you know in it it's not that you mean to but effectively you end up negotiating a lot of of what you do in life and uh and there's one thing that's really has came up last night literally you know i had an intense day we were working on some big deals and it's coming towards the end of the quarter, and, and I came down and we just had a great sales call. And, and she said, well, what's up? You know, and I started telling her, and I'm getting more and more intense. And she's, she's like, okay, you've got me in the eye-lock tractor beam. So, you know, I'm going to avoid your tractor beam because, you know, I, I want to lock on. I want to close that conversation just like I did on the phone. And uh, so, no, I mean, I, I think that it, it's been positive in, in a lot of ways. You know, she, she I guess, harkens back to her, her days when she she wasn't she wasn't able to argue or or uh, you know come up with three different ways of defending something, but at the end of the day, uh, I think that um, you know we've been together twenty three plus years, so you know something's got to be working right. Yeah, when 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 my kids now bargain with me and they use project management principles and and they're better at it than I am, it, it's it's a very frustrating move. <laughs> it's it's frustrating to to one know that your kids are smarter than you are, and two that they're better at your job than you are. <laughs> that's that's tough for me to grow up in this household now. Uh, when my kids can out negotiate me, uh, but uh, no, it's, it's weird. It's fascinating, truly. I literally, I'm like, I, I used to joke, you know, hey, we need to move you into sales, and now she's in sales, you know, because it doesn't matter what it is. It's like, you know, we could get this and we could get that, but if we do this, you know, then then we won't be able to do that. And before you know it, I'm like, we're negotiating, aren't we? <laughs> it doesn't could be going out to buy milk, you know. To, you know, it's just uh, it's amazing. It, it really it does impact you know how you how you communicate because uh, you know at the end of the day, I think everybody wants to get out of life what they want to get out of life, and uh, and so we've we've learned very well how to do that in a way that that uh, both of us feel happy and satisfied. So, are are you ever ever able to really detach, you know, from all of this? I mean, you know, we. This is the work-life balance. This is what we talk about. Yep. It's, it's all work. There's, there's got to be life in it, too. How do you detach? 
for me, yeah, I definitely am. And it took me a long time to figure out how to do that. Um, some people do it uh, with exercise and, and uh, you know, that sort of thing. You know, I like to exercise enough, but it's not, it's not the thing that, that helps me subtract myself from technology. You know, at one point when I was in Southern California, I bought a place uh, where, the, where the Colorado River comes to an actual end. There's a dam, and uh, there was a little campo down there where, where Americans bought little places right on the river, and there was no technology down there at all, and I used to go down there and just, you know, just try and stay cool all day. <laughs> and and it, there's just the, the concept of working a deal or, or, you know, especially it's just such a laid-back area. But right now, you know, uh, I live in North Carolina, and that's not an option. But, uh, you know, for me, it's really connecting. I'm, I like to do music. I play a lot of live music. I go to live music. Um, I, I, I do art. You know, I do things that are just so far from technology and so far from trying to get something accomplished necessarily to something that really is the whole other side of your brain. That, that, and, and it clearly helps me create it, creatively. I mean, there's no doubt about it because that's so much. I mean, I'll be, you know, in a jam at 2 in the morning, you know, playing with my friends, and, be, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, why don't I do this? in a deal. You know, it just comes to me. And so I think that, you know, the more that you're able to detach, it actually helps you uh, in, in the rest of your life and your business. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Tapping into that unconscious mind sometimes brings things forward that, that are right there, but you can't connect the dots. Sometimes, that's why I like to drive, right? When I travel, a lot of times I like to drive and, and zone out and listen to music and, and, and all of a sudden some of my best ideas just pop right into my forehead. I totally, I'm the same way. I agree. All right. So we're going to take our final break. When we come back, uh, we're going to get onto a little bit of the lighter side as well and and, and talk about uh, some of the passions that Jeff has. And uh, we'll be right back on the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand. They are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. 
Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end -end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back for our final segment on this Friday afternoon. We've got Jeff Allsberg with us. And uh, we were talking about sales and we've talked about uh, some personal things, things about our families and, and everything else. And one thing I know that uh, Jeff has a passion for, like I do, is giving back. Uh, you know, I've got a, a nonprofit firm that helps project managers, keeps them uh, employed, uh, work with nonprofit firms, things of that sort. Um, I know Jeff has, uh, you know, a platform as well. I mean, if you're in the technology business, chances are, you know, a lot of us are trying to make a difference in the world. Not, not quite all of us are Bill Gates or, or Zuckerberg, but uh, we all have our passions and things that we try to do to make sure that we, we do find a way to give back. So, Jeff, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that and what you found uh, in, in your passions? Sure. Yeah. So, for me, uh, one of the things that, that I just – both my wife and I have tapped into is is uh, rescuing animals and uh, people to a certain extent too. We we actually adopted her her cousin a little while back, but uh, you know there's just it's just it breaks your heart when you see uh, all the need that's out there for these animals that that are for all intents and purposes defenseless. And we were actually helped out. We. Uh, Went to the pound and got a uh, dog to, to have a second dog in our house, and it looked like the two got along and they didn't. And the dog happened to be a big older pit uh, that we had uh, pit bull that we had gotten, and we couldn't keep him, and we just simply could not bring him back because we knew if we brought him back to the to the uh, pound, uh, the ASPCA, that you know he, he, he that was it for him, and so. We tried, we looked all over for some organization that could help us out, and we found these folks at a place that had literally just opened up called Underdog Ranch through a network of people we knew uh, from, from the dog park where we took our dogs. And, uh, and so they helped us out, and we just made, we vowed right then and there. And, uh, the woman who runs it, Danella, is an absolute saint, and we just said, Right then and there, that you know, we we wanted we want to be able to help out like this. And since that time, they've uh, together as an organization. It's just a small group of people um, that donate their time and and uh, you know work together to to uh, basically take these animals that are that are about to be put down and take those uh, animals in and rescue them. We'll, typically, we'll foster them. And so, I get, right now, we have four dogs in the, that are with us. 
Um, fortunately, they're in the backyard, not barking. <laughs> Otherwise, it would, <laughs> it would be part of the story already. But um, you know, we we help foster them and uh, and then help them get adopted. And just in the in the short time we were, I think last year we saved over 550 dogs as our sm- small group. Um, and and it's just tremendously fulfilling and and heartwarming, you know, to see not only and and, and it and it does feel good to give back. I mean, because you know we're you know. We, when you're in the software business or you're in the technology business, typically you're you're doing a little bit better than than the average person in terms of your income and and uh, and we have time constraints and that, that sort of thing. But we also have the ability to give back, and that's something that it, for me, I, I never would have imagined how fulfilling it is and and how much it it puts a spring in your step and and it, and you know clearly as part of that work life balance thing, it it, it just. It has nothing to do with uh, connectivity <laughs> and visibility. <laughs> it has everything to do with doing the right thing and and uh, helping someone out, helping out a dog, helping out the families. Is there a website for Underdog Ranch? Yeah, it's. Uh, I believe it's Underdog. You, you got me on the spot there. I'll look it up. But I mean, yeah, I think it's uranch dot com. But I'll tell you right now. Yeah, definitely look it up. We'd love for our listeners to be able to go check that out and, and see about the ranch, maybe uh, and find some people there to, to, to help them out. So my story in that in that situation, you know, when my daughter was born, uh, Ramsey, uh, I, I, I wasn't doing very well financially, but wanted to be able to give back. And, you know, with the unique skill set of being a project manager and being able to uh, affect processes and bring change and, and improve processes, uh, started what I called the Ramsey Foundation. And originally when I started, it was around, uh, at first, was, was looking at um, doing project management for uh, nonprofits and things of that sort. And, and then that grew. And what we saw was a lot of project managers and great project managers that were out of work. And so we've since transformed that to the R Squared Foundation, since I have two kids now and can't just keep it as Ramsey. But the R Squared Foundation, what we do is work with project managers that are out of work. We pair them with a charity that they're that they're fond of, and then they do project management activities. You know, organize fundraisers, help them with their their strategic plans, all of the things that project managers can do. And if they do at least twenty hours a week to the charity while they're looking for work, then they can use the R Squared Foundation to help fill the gap in their resume, so they don't have to explain why they were out of work for a certain amount of time as they're looking for it. But the unanticipated thing that we saw was a lot of times when you're doing these fundraisers and doing these things for charities, a lot of the people that are on the board are executives. They're CEOs, CIOs, CFOs. And so these project managers were getting exposed to some executives and and getting placed at corporations at higher positions than they anticipated by doing great work for these charities. Uh, so you know that's that's been a uh, a fantastic thing, and w- one of our recent projects, one of the recent things I've been devoting my time right now to is uh, National Safe Place Network. So they're a charity that helps uh, abused children, abused uh, women, people that have uh, drug or alcohol difficulties. Um, There's actually a network that if you find yourself in an unsafe place, you can text or you can look for the nearest safe shelter that's been accredited by them. And so they actually have 750 agencies right now underneath them that um, have been certified as a safe place that these people can go to. And so we've been working with them and improving operations, actually got a project management software platform donated to them so that they could improve their projects and, and how they operate. And uh, from there, 
uh, you know, you improve the mothership, you're improving the 750 agencies underneath that and, and allowing them to bring more agencies on, more training uh, and impact, you know, lives of thousands of, of children and, and women. So you're right. It does give you that spring in the step and it, it's what we're supposed to be doing. It's, it's a way for us to be looking uh, to improve people's lives and, and use our talents uh, to to value people as we should. Uh, no, no doubt about it. And it's funny we were talking about earlier about confidence, and uh, and it and, and it it just and and we're talking now about giving back. And I told you we took custody and adopted my my wife's cousin, who was in a bad spot. And the two things that we really I think the lessons that we had to teach him uh, one was caring. And, and how important that is. And when you don't care about things, people don't care about you typically. And how important caring is. And the other is, uh, and it goes back to your confidence statement, is, is uh, there's probably nothing more dangerous than unfounded confidence. And those two, two things, I think, made the whole difference in this kid's life uh, was understanding, listen, you've you got to earn you know, your, you, what you gain in this life. right? And being confident for no reason is pretty dangerous. And uh, and then you got to care about things, and if you care about things, people will care about you. And and you, you know to wrap that all back to sales. I mean, I truly care. I truly care if my customers are successful, and both you and I do. I I know the way you treat your customers, and it's not you know a nine to five job. If something comes up or somebody crashes and goes down or something, we're going to be all over it. You know because we care, and the, and it, and it's that's the kind of thing where. You know, when I back in the early days when I was selling cars, I remember I had an epiphany, and I was like, uh, you know, as I was a Yankee trying to sell Hondas in Houston. Let me tell you, it was that was a challenge, right? And and I remember thinking to myself, there's a real market for real people, right? Real people that really care and were really interesting and really interested in things, and that that to me it served me really well. And I know, and and not just from a you know, uh, an income standpoint, it served me really well as a person. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin because I know that I'm doing the best I can, you know, for both myself and for the people that I work with and for. That's awesome, buddy. And did you find that website? Did you confirm that for me? Yeah, it's uh, udranch.org. So U-D-R-A-N-C-H.org. And they're just out in Little Angier, North Carolina, out here. Yeah, but I think it'd be interesting for our listeners. Go visit that website. Go check them out. Uh, I think it's a great cause, and certainly if you're behind it, Jeff, we are. Um, and I want to thank you for uh, joining us, and thank you for sharing some of your wisdom with our listeners. And certainly, you know, I'll, I'll find any excuse I can to spend an hour with you. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I appreciate but, uh, it. Yeah, that's <laughs> fantastic. I, I thank you for the invite. Of course, of course. And for all of our listeners out there, we appreciate you listening to us next week. Again, I'm going to be covering, uh, I'm, I'm calling it uh, the, the lessons I learned from John Maxwell. Uh, so, you know, I just, again, I, I, I need an entire week to, to process everything that I learned. But uh, it, was, it was certainly life-changing and life-altering for me. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be coming out of that. We're going to have several of the team members uh, from the John Maxwell team that's going to be joining us in the future on the Work-Life Balance. Uh, but I wanted to take uh, one of the shows and just kind of process everything that I learned uh, from this amazing training, from this amazing person, uh, and everything that uh, that uh, I, I can do to, to help promote the message 
and uh, uh, the person that is John Maxwell. So that's going to be next week's show. We hope that you will tune in. And we thank you, as always, for tuning in to the Work-Life Balance. This has been Rick Morris with Jeff Allsberg, and we appreciate you listening. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show. 